What's up, guys, and welcome to the Staying Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Roach, and this is a podcast with you in mind. Today, I sit down with Sean Conroy, and we talk about what it's like to go on so many wild adventures using a wheelchair. Sean has a sense of adventure that I am definitely envious of. He's going to Burning Man, and we talk all about it. Let's get into it. What's up, Sean? It's so good to have you on the podcast. Steph? Welcome. Thanks. I'm so used to seeing you at six in the morning. So to, <laughs> to see you at 5 p.m. my time, 8 p.m. your time, is a, it's a little different to see you in the daylight. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell everybody where you're coming from. I'm in Port St. Joe, Florida, in the Panhandle Very at cool. my house on the beach. Very cool. How long have you lived there? Um off and on a bunch of a bunch of different times but for probably like tw 12 years probably off and on we've known each other now for almost a little over two years i think yeah and, uh, you joined staying driven and i was so excited to see you i saw you in one of our corporate memberships and i was like why is this kid not in our regular staying driven classes and i'm so glad that i had you kind of forced you <laughs> to do it um, That's what you said you're like is there a reason why you're not in my other class every day <laughs> well you've gotten so much stronger since then so you're welcome <laughs> i'm just kidding uh but over that time we've gotten to become really good friends you even came out to celebrate our wedding with us which was so exciting uh i think the funniest thing is that we've never met from that at that point we had never met and people thought we'd been friends for years <laughs> so that was pretty awesome um but one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I think your story is pretty amazing. I think you have a very different perspective of what it's like to be a chair user only because your journey uh, started very young and then it kind of evolved when you got older. So I was wondering if you could share that story with some people and we can kind of go from there. So I was born with a lipoma, like a tumor on my lower back of my spinal cord. So as soon as I came out, they like whisked me away and I did a bunch of surgeries. And then growing up, um, I did a bunch more surgeries and it affected my left leg and my ankle. So as I was getting older, I had to wear an AFO, like an ankle brace on my left ankle. And then... Um, I had a pretty good limp um, most of the time. And then when I got to, when I was 20, I was done growing. So they, by that time, my, they wanted to release the tension on my spinal cord. Cause there was like a lot of tension from the tumor. And then uh, when they did that surgery, they hit a bunch of nerves. So I was in a wheelchair after that. So did they try to get rid of the tumor and it didn't work or was it just something that you knew that you had to live with, um, you know, until you were 20 and they said, let's try to, to do something else. Yeah. It, it was just putting more tension on my spinal cords. It was affecting my legs more and more and they were getting weaker. So then they, their plan was just to go in and take out more of the tumor and, and just release some of the tension. And then I woke up from that and it was kind of a shock that they cut a bunch of things, cut a bunch of nerves and stuff. So 
that obviously wasn't the game plan i assume <laughs> that wasn't not at all yeah so having to adapt to such a lifestyle because like i said we i've known you for you know better of two years and you are one of the most active human beings i have ever met in my entire life and i think that's why we get along so well is because not only are you uh, you know a really good athlete and you you love to work on yourself and your well-being and your fitness but you also have this like sense of adventure so what was it like kind of finding out you'd you'd figured out this life from when you were born until you were 20 and I'm sure there were some challenges within you know those growing pains so to speak but what happens when you're 20 years old and now you're adapting to a completely new lifestyle uh having to rely on your wheelchair a hundred percent I mean it was a big it was a big shock but I think my family, uh, they didn't pay me me at all. And it was it was just kind of a deal with it. Let's go. Let's adapt, figure out the other stuff we can do. Keep doing it. Because I grew up, we grew up like real active family going on trips and and like being real active. And and I think it just continued off after that. Um, like I got out of a, I got out of the hospital. And I came home and like my dad had built this ramp that was just like <laughs> way too steep. And not ADA like, compliant. <laughs> he's like, you'll get stronger. And, and I was like, and like all the doorways were cut out right at the wheels. Oh at the goodness. Wheel, right? <laughs> it, was like, it was just like, keep going, let's figure it out. Let's I had like real good support from friends and family. And I kind of jumped right into being active. So that that was like a good that was definitely good for my my mental health and stuff like that. Do you think that growing up that way and then also just kind of immersing yourself in, okay, like this is gonna be different, but I still wanna get shit done, right? Like I still wanna go live my life and do my thing. Do you remember your your life in your 20s when you were just kind of parting it up and having a good time with your friends? And did that ever really stop you? Or did you ever think twice about, oh, man, you know, this is my life now? It didn't it didn't occur to me too much. Like I didn't dwell on it too much for some somehow. I guess I was just young and full speed ahead and and no one no one really treated me much different obviously it affected like some decisions of like college and like a few things like that but it definitely I definitely didn't have too much time to like feel sorry for myself or whatever yeah I I love that about you too is that you just like go 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 right and like I said I think you're one of the most talented people I've ever met um you know and I think it's been really cool to kind of see the different layers of the onion that is Sean, because when we first met, you barely said like five words to, to me. And I was like, man, this dude is quiet. And I wasn't sure how to take you. But I, I love that, um, you know, over time, you've been able to open up and you've been able to create some really cool friendships. Um, tell people what you do for a living, because I also think that that's pretty awesome. So... I design uh, like metal fabrication stuff for at a metal shop and I help run a metal shop. And so we, I 
I design lots of things for like fancy houses and gates and spiral staircases and sculptures. And I've had, I've had a, I've had a few careers in the past, but this is the one I, I like, I get to be creative every, every day and like design some things and chop it all up and order all the material and send it out to the guys. And then like the next week it's all built. It's pretty cool. It's, it's like a fun, creative thing for me. I never take for granted that my path in life has kind of changed, but I never take for granted the fact that like I was able to get an education, but I often laugh at the fact that like I did spend so much time invested in my higher education and then I took a completely different path in life. I know yeah. you and I have talked a little bit about that. What did you end up going to school for? Um. Well, first, I went to school for music and then I I dropped out of college like four times to have surgeries and then I ended up going for uh digital media so it was like web design graphic design video 3D uh stuff like that and then I went I went to San Francisco and I worked for a few years at a startup doing building websites for like big brands and stuff and then I got burnout in the city do you ever still uh do you ever still dabble in music um not lately but i played in bands for like lots lots of years that's so cool what was your instrument um i played in high school and college i played trumpet in like symphonies and stuff and then i played keyboards in after college in like heavy epic uh like metal bands angry bands no way (laughs) (laughs) that's one rule in staying driven we all know that coach step doesn't listen to angry music (laughs) that's not that's not how i roll Uh, (laughs) i think it's uh, i think it's pretty wonderful how you've kind of created this sense of adventure we talked about that a little bit but as your starting to develop new skills and new new passions. I know we've talked about one of your newest passions is going scuba diving. How did you get connected into that? Well, I think most of my uh, adventures kind of come from other. It's <laughs> well, I was living in Las Vegas and I started I was looking for something that for like other wheelchair people do because it seems like I kind of do that whenever I move to a place I try and find out what the what activities there are and so I was playing basketball for the Las Vegas Yuccas and then they were like uh you should come do hand cycles on Saturdays with the with the um project hero that like veterans and the first responder and so I was doing hand cycles and then they I one guy was showing me pictures of a scuba trip and I was like how do I do that and he's just like just call this number and they'll sign <laughs> you up it was with uh it's called the dive pirates and they they did they trained me and bought all my gear and then I got to go diving for a week in Key Largo that's so cool I feel like our paths are somewhat similar in the sense that like we we find a group of people and then all of a sudden it kind of snowballs. I remember when I became a hand cyclist, all I wanted to do was be laser focused on being like the strongest I could be. And then when I realized that like my normal daily, like a uh, routine in the gym was not 
working for me, I found CrossFit, right? And then CrossFit kind of turned into like this big snowball thing. So I find it interesting that like you start with one thing and then all of a sudden it kind of snowballs into other things, you know? And I feel like we talk to each other and every couple of weeks you'll be like, yeah, I'm going on this adventure and I'm going to like Ecuador for like three weeks and just hanging out. And I'm like, oh, Guatemala and I'm <laughs> like oh my god like where are you going and what are you doing but I I always uh, I find that very admirable I should say because I don't know that I can just hop a plane and be like yep this is what I'm down for what uh, I mean I think that's why that's like the what I love the most is just how it how how if you say yes it and then it opens up opportunities and then there's more and more and more like that's part of the reason when I first uh, was in a wheelchair I think that was part of the reason why it goes back to what we were talking about earlier where I didn't have time to to like feel sorry for myself I started playing tennis with these guys in town and then I'm uh, wheelchair tennis and then I met this guy um, Sam Dardick who is like old generation wheelchair dude that he he was one of the main guys that started the ADA in, in like 1990. Oh, so cool. So we were playing tennis and then they had like disabled day at the fairgrounds. And so we were going to play like a exhibition basketball game against some able-bodied people or whatever. And we were horrible. But <laughs> I was going by and then there was a guy with a climbing wall. And he was in a wheelchair and he was like, hey, come over here, climb this wall. I was like, all right. And I was like light, a lot lighter back then. So I just like climbed the wall with just my arms and came back down. He's like, we got to get you on a big wall. And then I I started rock climbing. (laughs) Yeah. And then so I I talked to him and he's like this famous guy. He's uh, Mark Wellman. He's like this famous guy that climbed El Capitan and uh, Half Dome in in a wheelchair and he set it all up and he's like the first guy to rock climb. And so he took me out on the wall with this other dude that had one leg and he had like a pointy shoe. It would, so <laughs> we went, we went up this uh, straight up cliff. I was like 300 feet of just pull-ups and uh, oh, your biceps, man. Oh, it was brutal. And then it was just it 300 feet cliff is like, in person it's it's huge and then he introduced me to these like he was friends with the snow skiing guys so i got into snow skiing <laughs> and then that those guys were also they were like world champion snow skiers and then you just find these was, like random famous people <laughs> dude, and then that that they were like expert water ski guys and like he like uh this guy named matt Oberholtz, he did the first backflip on uh water ski uh and then they i went to a water ski clinic with them and i met the guy that invented uh disabled water skiing like that cage you know that you uh-huh. sit, yeah invented that and then he's telling me about this lady in florida that invented this ski for it and so when i was in going to college in orlando i started doing uh lessons with her all the time so it just like kind of keeps building and building and I always find it funny too like sometimes I don't realize who I'm talking to right (laughs) so there there will be times in my life where I have 
done some pretty amazing things and, and met some pretty famous people and had zero idea that they were famous. So this is one of the funniest. Well, Josh is a good friend of ours, but uh, um, I went surfing with Laird Hamilton and I had zero clue. And I'm sorry if you ever listened to this, Laird. Um, I had zero clue who he was and his friend, uh, I forgot his last name, but his name was Richard. And he, they're super famous surfers. We went with Operation Surf to um, do like an adaptive surf program. And <laughs> I'll never forget this. I got to uh, surf with uh, with Kenny. They called him Skin Diesel. And um, they kept telling me I didn't need to use a life jacket. And this guy, Richard, he was like, trust me, like I'm a pro, like don't, don't, you don't need a life jacket. And I'm like, dude, you don't know me. Like I will, I cannot swim in the ocean, <laughs> right? So I go on our first run and we were there for like six days and I go on our first run and I'm like, oh my God, never again am I doing this without a life jacket? Cause I almost like didn't drown and they like pick me up by my wetsuit <laughs> and I just see like Laird Hamilton just being like you okay Steph <laughs> and uh yeah but they were they were all super nice but I had like zero zero clue who they were but I think that is like a I don't know I think some people like that I'm just like going up and everybody's a normal person they still deserve yeah, yeah I'm not like dropping names I, I just think it's cool that there's like people like well like yourself that are like the og like pioneers of their the sport and and we have a smaller community so it's like easier yeah. to access them i think and it like i'm super grateful for all those people I, like to learn from like that i also just, i just feel it's funny because like i guess maybe i i'm just i don't know naive to certain things and it's not to take anybody's accomplishments away but like i wouldn't know any of those people that you talked about and like unless you introduced them and was like hey this is my buddy yeah. <laughs> he started telling me what he was doing like i think it's yeah. super awesome you've been like water skiing and stuff and people had to invent that but yeah 30 years ago people had to like come up with that idea and make and there's people there's all kind of people well like like you that were the first ones to do it which is which we all should be like grateful for oh well that's very nice of you i I don't know. I find like if you want something bad enough, you're going to find a way to make it work. Right. And I think that's the thing that draws the two of us together in our friendship is like, if we want to go do something, we're going to freak, you know, figure out how to get it done. I think one of the coolest things like you were talking about the other, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, you were telling me about how you went to the speech and there was nobody really there, but they have these like buggies that you can rent. And yeah. It's like accessible beach chairs that are like uh, buggies or whatever. Like if people don't know about that, they need to know about it because yeah. you don't just have to sit in your house and do nothing all day. Yeah, it's a yeah. Everyone should look it up. It's called Rich Park and it's like a state park that's for disabled people. They got a pool and they're opening cabins and stuff. It's like really right on the beach. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Well, you have something else really cool coming up. Uh, I know that it's uh, people have different opinions on it, and I definitely didn't know much about it either. But you are taking an adventure to Burning Man. 
And you're doing something pretty cool there. You want to tell people what you're doing? Yeah, um, we have a camp there and we have a cart and a, well, I, I built this bus stop and then we have a cart and a trailer and we give rides to people that that are like mobility challenged or or whatever it has a ramp on the back and um just to help people get around easier out there and we give art tours and just uh, have people have more fun it's so, pretty, pretty awesome for people that don't know what burning man is can you explain it a little bit so it's like this city in the out in the desert that they build for the week and like seventy thousand people come out and they it's it's all the participants are the ones that create it so they have like giant sculptures and and domes and parties and djs and like art and every camp has their own like interactive event or something that they contribute to it and then at the end everyone burns it all down <laughs> that's so interesting <laughs> I, I find it funny because like, well, it's not funny, but I, I find it interesting because uh, especially somebody that does use a wheelchair or somebody that does use uh, accessibility devices, I wouldn't necessarily, like, a uh, music festival isn't necessarily the thing on the list where I'm like, that is 100% accessible, you know? So it's pretty cool to know that there are these places or these groups that kind of take people together to keep them safe and, and have let them have a good time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, other actually, I've been to a bunch of music festivals and they're surprisingly accessible. You get your own like platform in the middle of the crowd at most of them. So you're above everyone, like right in front of the stage. It's actually like I've been Bonnaroo and like a bunch of ones, like a bunch of them like that. You trying to get me to go to a music festival with you? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm a little too claustrophobic for that. <laughs> Kinda want to go to uh the Dave concert in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. I've seen Dave a couple times and it's pretty awesome. You call him, you guys are on a first name basis. I don't know what else do you call him, Dave Matthews, man. That's not his name. <laughs> no, when when people say they're gonna go see Dave, who else are they gonna go see? Yeah, I'm right. I mean, if you go see, I don't know, Queen, you're gonna go see Queen. Nobody's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go see Dave, and you don't know who you're, you don't know who you're talking about. All right. <laughs> I wish I was on a first name basis with Dave Matthews. He's, I don't know, is that his last name? Is that? His, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Is that actually his last name? I don't know. Oh, well, they're gonna make me. You're his fan. <laughs> we we digress. We we digress. Um, so for somebody that's listening to this podcast and, you know, uh, are looking for some sort of motivation, looking for some sort of adventure to do next, what do you tell the person that is looking to kind of get out of their comfort zone, get out of their house, um, and how to kind of tackle those resources? Um, I would say you have to have an attitude of like, let's try it. Let's, I could fail, but I'm, I need to try it and it might not be it might not be the one for you but you don't know if you don't try and there's there's surprising amount of like small groups that are super into things like um sailing and 
mountain biking and hand cycling and crossfit everything there's they're out there they're kind of hard to find but they're they're out there for sure there's also people that really want to find connection you know absolutely and just be part of something so even if you're the first one to start something you never know who's gonna follow you yeah and it's also cool to see people that are like experts at something and they're super passionate about it and you get to learn from them and enjoy their enthusiasm and and like see see i mean stuff that you would never never imagine it's it's i never thought i'd be in the crossfit at all (laughs) (laughs) i like clicked a button i was like yeah fuck it (laughs) and look at us now you're stuck (laughs) with me Uh, if there's something on your your bucket list that's still you know something you want to check off what is that it's probably got to be like it's probably got to be skydiving something that scares scares me to death but it means i should probably do it man you're better Skydiving, skydiving paragliding something like that you're better than me although i have wanted to do uh what's the one is it paragliding where you have you're like a parachuting over the ocean. Yeah. No, that's par. No, that's parasailing, right? Oh, where you're where you're hooked to the boat still. So. You're like yeah, where you're like yeah, holding on to fun. your life. No, that's fun. <laughs> that's cool. When I was in New Zealand, if you ever get the chance to go to New Zealand, I was in New Zealand and I got to do the Taupo swing. And I had to climb, I think it was like a hundred and like 80 feet in the air. It was a lot of stairs. So somebody would either have to like backpack you or like, uh, I don't know, throw your chair up the stairs and you could like scoot your butt, but you get all the way up to the top. And because I legally wasn't allowed to bungee jump because they wouldn't push me, uh, this swing, you like sat in this harness and then when you were ready they like unhooked you and you swung over the whole river it was the coolest thing i've ever done in my entire life sounds terrifying yeah and you should you should do it it was was a good time right on (laughs) all right buddy well i think people are going to be able to learn a lot from you i think your story is incredible i am so glad that you not only join staying driven every single day and i get to see your face every day but uh, you joined me for this podcast and we talked a little bit about some fun things and I think people are going to be able to take something good away from it. So I'm just so thankful that you joined me and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yep. Awesome. I'll see you in the morning. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you.